Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special Culture Kings. You know, a few months ago, Edgar had a show on this show that he holds dear to his heart. I loved it as well, even though I've not listened to an episode. But I, I love the concept. You didn't listen to it. Like, don't even fucking lie to these people. <clears throat> I'm not, but I love the concept. I love the concept of it. I think it's a brilliant concept. So today, it is not NP Jackies. No, no, no. It's just an evening with Jackies. That is today's episode of Culture Kings, ladies and gentlemen. An evening with Jackies Neil. Welcome to it. Today, I have a guest that you all know. We know him as the co-host of Culture Kings. I know him as a friend. I've known him for a few years. Ladies and gentlemen, today, my guest on An Evening with Jacques is Mr. Edgar Montplazier. How are you, my friend? How are you? I'm all right. You know, I can't complain. I'm alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it? That's it. That's it. That's all you need, man. That's how you also start every how are you. <laughs> that is true. Because, is... I, I, I mean, like, here's the honest truth. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to tell people? Uh, I freaked out in my mind this morning. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Why I'm not? Just like, Why wouldn't you say that? I, 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 uh, is it because uh, you don't uh, want to have the conversation? Truly, what it is, is that, like, if I'm being 100% honest, the sad boy thing is a way to deflect. And it, and it, and it keeps me out of having conversations with people. Because they already assume that I am, so I don't have to say anything more. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? They're I feel like, you. Ah, he's probably in a bad mood. And I'm like, great, you, don't, you won't talk to me. I'm in a great mood. Okay. But you're not going to talk to me. I get you. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, boy. Here's what we're doing today. Edgar, I'm fairly sure in the episodes that I'm going to listen to at one day in my life, <laughs> asked very thoughtful questions. He asked questions that got to the core of the person he was interviewing. I'm a great interviewer. Uh, he has proved himself to be a great interviewer. I have a list that I Googled on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Life internet, life interview questions. And I have a list that came up, and I am going to go down a few of these questions. This reminds me of when I did long-form conversations. You know that podcast? <laughs> I, I've also done it. And mine was with Lacey. Yeah. And I, I, had, I was the one after Lacey, and I wish I had known, because the effort that I put into mine, like I like thought of this whole plan <laughs> and all this stuff. And Lacey was looking at her phone most of the time <laughs> when she was interviewing me. And I was like, this is trash. I'm about to go in with Lippert because I had Dan Lippert and I like prepared. I had this whole idea where I was like, you're going to track your whole improv career by talking to me about team by team. Mm-hmm. And talking about how your role transitioned. Like I was like, this is what the episode. And Lacey was just like, mm-hmm, yeah, um, you, you do improv, right? And I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is trash. Bro. Hey, man, listen. Listen, not everybody can be as good as you. That's not facts. everybody. But we got we got different we got different stages of this interview. So we have childhood, okay, we great. have adulthood, mm-hmm. we have identity, mm. we have the present, and we have aging mm. and life lessons and legacies. Great. All right, these are the categories we're going. So let's start. Let's start with something pretty simple, uh, real simple. What year were you born? I was born nineteen ninety one. On what date? Uh, May twentieth. All right. Now most of us know our birthdays and things like that, but you don't really learn about the day you were born uh, as an individual unless you actively go seek it out. Uh, Have your parents ever told you about the day you were born? Yeah, uh, I mean, I knew pretty early on because it was something that people would constantly remind me of, Mm. uh, mostly because there's a physical reminder of it on my mom's body. Uh, She has a feeding tube scar in her neck, 
uh, because there were a lot of complications when I was born. Mm. Uh, uh, I think that they assumed that she would die. I was a C-section baby because of some of these complications. You were her first, right? I was her first. her first. Yeah. So like you know, uh, so like it was something that like Gomun or I'm sorry, old people would like talk to me about at church. They'd be like, you know, I would take care of you for the first three months because you know your mom was in the hospital, your dad was always with her, and stuff like that. So. It's something that I knew about because people would just always tell me that I almost killed my mom. Um, wow. So she, she, I think, I think, I'm she, pretty sure she had a feeding tube in or something of that sort because she was in a coma. That's while I, she gave birth to you, or I mean, after she, I gave think birth like to you. there are some complications where they had to like put her in a medically induced coma or something like that. Okay, to my so, understanding. So you were, she was in the hospital for. It wasn't like the. TV pregnancy was like, oh, my water broke, and then we run to the hospital. No, and there were some complications and... for sure. Yeah. Okay. All I right. was a C-section baby. Do uh, you think that has? Do you think that alone has changed? Not changed, but do you think that alone has a effect on the relationship your mom has with you? I mean, my mother and I have the most contentious relationship out of her and all her children. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think one hundred percent. Like I think that she. She can't help but remember the amount of pain that she went through to give birth to me. And that's human, you know what I mean? Like, okay. like I'll do something that she doesn't want me to do. And she'll be like, nigga, do you know what the fuck I went through to put you here? Mm-hmm. So that's I think, fair. That's I think interesting. There's, there's that element to it, 100%. Cool. What's your full name? My full name, I have two first names. Well, I always thought I had two first names, but I guess my dad just doesn't know how middle names work. <laughs> my name is Edgar Norman Montplazier. All right. Edgar Norman, I don't think I knew that. Norman. So why were you given your first and middle name? My dad is obsessed with war. Uh, I am named after one of the generals in the uh, uh, Persian Gulf War, Uh, but he didn't want my mom to know that, that that's what he wanted to name me after, so he was like, ah, it's Edgar Allan Poe. So my mom thinks that I'm named after Edgar Allan Poe, but my dad in his heart (laughs) knows that he was naming me after a general in the Persian Gulf War. <laughs> That's very funny. It's true. Uh, and I'm I, sure I he's told your mom out, about this, right? I don't know if he has because I found out about this recently, like maybe like a few months ago with Anna, because Anna and I were arguing about why my name was what my name, well, whether Edgar Norman was my first full name or my parents just don't know how middle names work. And we mm-hmm. call my dad because my parents would always call me Edgar Norman, so I assumed that I had two first names. Gotcha. Uh, but anyways. Uh, we called my dad and he told me, like, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you named after a general, dude. Gotcha. I mean, it's also weird, too, because black, uh, I mean, that's white white people, too, or just different, all different cultures. Uh, but especially in the South, I know you guys weren't necessarily from the South. They were from Haiti, New York, moved to Texas, mm-hmm. um, which is South, but not like country it's not South. not the South, yeah. Right. Um where that is the thing where it is first and last name, uh, first and middle name yeah. is how you identify how you a lot identify. of people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whether, like, and not like the whole, like, Mary Sue. No. Like, Mary Sue is supposed to be together, right? Yeah, but, but it be like something like William William Jefferson. And right. like, that's his first name, and then he'll have another last name, like McKinley or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. All right. They say a lot of people have their first memory as at their first vivid memory somewhere during the age of two, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they say you don't remember anything before two. Two mm-hmm. is when you have your first memories that you actually will remember mm-hmm. uh, into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I believe that you can have a memory from them, but the first memories you really truly start to retain are probably around five or six and shit like that. Sure. But what is your first vivid memory, and do you remember how old you were? I'm pretty sure I had to be around one or two because of the person that was involved with this. Mm-hmm. What I specifically remember is my little brother Jonathan crying, and then my parents being like, "All right, you got to stay in Edgar's crib too," and then them putting him in my crib That's because your first he was crying and wanted to be in it. That's crazy. That uh, is one of my earliest memories. Yeah. And it is truly a foundation of our relationship. Really? 100%. That's 100%. Crazy. We would, I mean, I tell people this all the time, but on my birthday, they would have to give that nigga gifts because he couldn't handle the idea that he was like, yo, what the fuck? Why is this dude getting a bike? And who is this? Your cousin? This is my brother, John. Your brother. Okay. He's 15 months younger than me. Okay. Uh, and like, that's quick. That's yeah. hella quick. That's very quick. Uh, You know, like a lot of people will have that. I mean- that separation, so like you know, they, I think it's called Irish twins. Yeah. Um, and that's how our parents treated us. Like we were actual twins. And so on my birthday, he would have gifts too because he couldn't just handle the idea of like what. And then I remember I started school before him, and he would hold on to my backpack, and my parents would have to like rip him off because he'd be like, "No, I'm going. I, if Edgar goes, I get to go, right?" And they're like, "You're not old enough." But he would hold on to my backpack and be like, "Nah, I have to go." Is there a relationship still like that? It's pretty contentious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't view that as contentious, though. It's contentious. It's contentious. Yeah. Well, it's, it's violent. Okay. Because I I view that as attachment, like the uh, at the it, early age. It wasn't attachment in a loving way. It was, and and I don't. I'm not saying that he's like evil or anything like that. But uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Jacob and Esau, but that was yeah. very much so our relationship in which he was like, I want to be the oldest, and it was very important to him to be that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, all right, I guess. But how much do you think your parents had to do with that? Though? All of it. All, all of it. it. They made us compete constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. This is something that a lot of, I always find this interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the first house you ever grew up in. Mm-hmm. How many bedrooms did that house have? How many bathrooms? And describe what your bedroom was like. I shared a room with Jonathan. The first house that I can really remember uh, was in the Bronx. Uh, on Clinton, there's a pizza shop at the corner. I can't remember the name of this pizza shop. I was just there recently because it's still in my family. My aunt owns it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, house it wasn't a house; it was an apartment. Of course, it's in New York City. Um, my room was with Jonathan. I would say that my bed, we had a bunk bed. Jonathan slept on the bottom. I slept on the top. Uh, and then sometimes we would switch. Ooh. Did you have a TV in your room? No, never. No TV? Never until like way later. Like what about as some uh, what about the progression of your room? Like did you eventually start putting posters on your wall? Yeah, 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 yeah. That That was like way, way later. I remember the first poster I ever had, my dad came back from Florida and he brought us a Britney Spears poster. (laughs) Uh, Because he was just like, this is what kids would like. Yeah. And my mom was livid and she took that shit down. Because it was, uh, I'm sure it was Britney. I, I mean, was it was it was very explicit. Yeah. Uh, and I even I was just like, this nigga really got us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, as my room progressed, I think, like, the big evolution is when we moved to Yonkers. That's when we lived in, like, more of, like, it kind of looked like the house. It kind of operated like the house that you have at Hey Arnold, mm. uh, where it was a big house that a lot of families lived in. Gotcha. Um, we didn't all share a dining hall like they do in 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 that show or but, bathroom yeah but it was one house like one like large colonial house that we turned into a bunch of apartments and my dad was a landlord but 
at that point, there was this, the staircase led into this room, and my parents, to kind of give me space from Jonathan, gave me my own room there. So that was my room, and that had a TV in it, but it wasn't technically my TV because mm-hmm. I was living in the living room. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, like they had turned that downstairs living room into my room. So I had a TV, but it wasn't my TV. Gotcha. All right. Who was more strict between your parents? My mother. Definitely your mother. Well, no no doubt about it. But was it a huge disparity? Yeah, massive disparity. My dad probably only beat me two or three times my whole life. But I think maybe because of sexism, I was more afraid of him. But my mom was the one who was out here giving ass whoopings. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, she was so strict. Uh, a running thing would be, like, we would uh, – <laughs> We would ask my dad for shit around my mom's schedule. So we'd be like, oh, shit, is mom coming home from work? All right, we should, we have to ask him now because if she gets here, and it was almost like a race. Like, I distinctly remember so many times almost going to Toys R Us to pick up, like, the new Nintendo system or a PlayStation. And we, my dad's like, we're like, come on, dad, get ready, get dressed, get dressed, got to get dressed now. He'd be getting dressed. Oh, hold on, I'm coming. I'm like, come on, get dressed. And we walk in, and then keys jingling, the door opens, and we go open, and my mom be like, where are you guys going? <laughs> and my dad be like, oh, I was just going to take them to the toys I was. For what? <laughs> and she'd be like, you know, they just thought they won the game. Serge? Serge? And then he'd look, I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> that shit would happen. Bro, I have distinct memories of us trying to push this nigga out the door. Be like, we got to go right now, nigga. We got to go. Like, she's coming. We got to go right now. <laughs> and then we hear the keys jingle. And the door would open. She'd be in those scrubs, tired ass eyes. And be like, Sash. That's so funny, dude. Where are you going? <laughs> Just be looking at the clock. Come on, like, Dad. She coming home. She coming home, bro. It's 4.50. We got to get in the fucking car right now. <laughs> That's very funny. That's very funny. All right, so would you say your parents had a good marriage then? Uh, and your opinion. And, and and I know now, I mean, you probably you probably will paint this answer through the eyes of an adult, but as a kid, did you think they had a good marriage? I think or my dad back? loves my mom more than anything in the world. Okay. Uh, 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 man, I hope Anna doesn't listen to this. Uh, because <laughs> she already knows what I'm going to say. But my dad... My dad had dreams, man, mm-hmm. and, like, he wanted to be a detective. He wanted to be a secret agent. Like, you know, he loves that kind of stuff. And my mom was just like, nah, nigga, like, get a job that, like, can support a family, and he did it. And my dad is a New York guy. Like, everything about him is a New York guy. He grew up in New York in the 80s, was a fucking cab driver. Mm-hmm. And my mom was just like, I want to leave this town. And, like, him and his family are tight. They're so tight. Like, every Saturday, they hang out together. Or when we lived in New York, we would all hang out at my grandpa's apartment in the, in the projects in Harlem, and like we would just like sit there, and then they would just like talk. They would roast each other. They would joke every fucking Saturday, dude. And my mom would be like, my mom was just like, I want you to move away from here, and he did. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, and I didn't know this until like one time I was kind of talking shit about my mom, and I was just like, I think that my mom at times can like kind of like be a little bit selfish and stuff like that. And then my aunt went, mm, don't I know it? And I was like, oh, I like I had never knew that that's how my family felt about her. But wow. I understand it now, knowing that to them, they see her as someone who pulled my dad away. Right. But my dad just loves her a lot. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I get it. I mean, I get it. Like, So it's not, it's not in terms of like good or bad marriage. I just think that my dad was flexible in a way that my mom really needed because she wanted to be a career woman. And my mom has 
multiple degrees. And I don't think she could have done that without a husband as flexible as my father. Oh. So I think that is a good marriage in terms of that. Like, they're not all lovey-dovey. They argue right. a lot. But this nigga supported her dreams. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, kind of took a backseat on his to uh, uh, let her do hers. And in a world in which it's usually the reverse, I think that's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, uh, how many women do you know are like, yeah, I, like, stayed behind to, like, raise the kids. And, stuff. and I'm not saying that my mom didn't do any of that shit. She still did all that shit. Right. But my dad very much so was like, yo, go do this. You want to go back to school? Go do it. I got you. I'll I'll do more shit. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll work in dialysis and all this stuff because he does not like medicine at all. Right. He hates it. But he did it because, you know, my mom was like, I want to go back to school. I want to get my bachelor's. I want to get my master's. I want to get my master's, master's. Like, so, yeah. It's crazy, and you're right. That is not the typical. That's not the typical thing that we are that we are portrayed in life and on television and entertainment and stuff like that. All right, let's start to get you a little older. What were you like as a child? I mean, like, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. Quiet, quiet. Very, which I guess like surprises a lot of people. But I was very quiet. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, because uh, I know I'm like quite talkative and like talk shit and very energetic. But yeah, I was very quiet and uh, uh, to the point. And this is a PC word, but this is the only way I know how to describe it. People thought I was retarded, like, mm. uh, and I would be excluded from a lot of things because people assumed that I was retarded. Really? Hmm. Uh. Just like friends and family or? Family, like the church. Because, again, like a lot of my life is going to be focused through that church that I grew up in, right? And right. Like, so there would be events at that church that they wouldn't let me be a part of because they assumed that I was retarded. Wow. So what did you do for fun then? I like, I would play with hangers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being so for real, bro. And I would like direct TV shows with my hangers and like little like, things I would find. And I would yeah. like direct TV shows. I mean, honestly, dude, I'm laughing because that's very funny. It's very funny, but it's what I was doing. But, like, I would also, like, myself growing up, I would would unroll all the fucking paper towel off the thing so I could have it as a microphone. Mm -hmm. And then go pull the hamper out and just be behind the pulpit or be a host of a game show or, like, Double Dare or shit. Like, yeah. So, but my mom hated it. She didn't understand what I was doing. Well, yeah. and I didn't understand what I was doing either. But yeah, now I get it. Like now, I was like, oh, I was directing TV shows. But right. Back right. then, I'll be like, come on, Goku, and I like I would have two hangers in my hand and just be doing that shit. Yeah. Uh, here's a weird question for you. Well, let me. I'll, I'll first. I'll, this isn't a weird question. So, what were some of your favorite toys or games? Uh, I mean, I loved playing PlayStation. Uh, okay. Jack and Daxter was a pretty big part of my life. Uh, I'd also say Nintendo is a pretty big part of my life. Pokemon, I play Pokemon a lot. Uh, my brother and I would like have different save files, pass it back and forth to each other, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, not a lot of toys really growing up. Not uh, a lot of toys. Mostly video games. Okay. Here's a weird one. Did you have a favorite secret place or a hiding spot, like somewhere where you would go that? You could, you knew you could be alone and mm-hmm. like do your thing. Yeah, anytime my me and my cousins were playing, I would slowly sneak away and go into like the corner of my room and start playing with hangers. Like that's yeah. what would happen. Yeah, that's crazy. I would, I would have that too, but it would be at night in bed. Mm-hmm. Like at night in bed, I I had a finger TV show. 
Yeah. So yeah, would, that's like, what it is. I would just like have a TV show with my fingers as the characters because I knew nobody was going to bother no me. No one's going to bother me. And that's what yeah. I liked. And I was like, all of y'all, y'all go play. Leave me alone. Okay. All right. All right. Did your family go on vacations? Yeah, but all our vacations were uh, 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 vacations with a purpose. Okay. Like what? So we would go to Florida to see my grandma or okay. something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you never went on like a recreational vacation? Yeah, like, I mean, I think like with our church group, like we went to like theme parks and stuff like that. But I don't really remember going somewhere just for the sake of going there. Like if we went there, like I remember going to Canada for someone's wedding or something like that. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, like you know, that's how lower middle class lives. Like you ain't yeah. out here going fucking Disney World or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, so how did you guys celebrate holidays? Uh, not many. Uh, I mean, we have this one Christmas tradition, which is like you. Uh, I think I talked about this before. We get a bunch of movies, and December twenty fourth, my mom buys two bottles of Martinelli's. And we marathon them, and the last person awake gets to wake up someone else to share those two bottles of Martinelli's with. And that was that's our tradition? that's our only Christmas tradition. No food, no food traditions I like mean, shit that you guys have. We would eat. My mom would make a good meal, but not really. I mean, yeah. Thanksgiving was one where we would ball out, and like my mom made a lot of Haitian food. Gotcha. Uh, and then I guess New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Day is Haitian Independence Day, so New Year's Eve we pray, 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 and then eat soup jumo. At a Jumo. Jumo. Yeah, at a on New Year's Day. On at midnight. Okay. So you talked about how your dad would want to get you guys something and your mom mm-hmm. would come home and mm-hmm. stop it. Mm-hmm. What is the best gift that you remember getting, like before high school? I think something that my dad did that I've never really given him credit for is uh one time I was when I first started third grade, I was at this new school and I was getting rocked because I didn't have any Pokemon cards and I came home crying. And my dad went to Toys R Us and bought me the most expensive Pokemon starter pack. Yeah? Yeah. But then I traded away a holographic Machamp card for a Caterpie. And he beat my ass. <laughs> he, <laughs> he spanked you. He was you, so man. How dare bro. you give away the toys I bought bro, you? Because he understood. He was just like, this is the, because he just looked at the two cards. And could, you could look at them and just tell the value. Right. But some kid tricked me and told me that Caterpie was more powerful than Machamp. Damn. I got played. Damn. So not only did you lose. Your favorite shit. You also got a, sp- a spanking for it. Of course, my dad was just like, Nigga, look at this card. Yeah. <laughs> and look at the card. Because the card, the picture of the other card was on the back of it because it was like, this is special edition. You yeah. buy this. And he was like, just look at these two goddamn cards. All right. <laughs> That's very funny. But going into high school, because I feel like high school is when we start to feel like, all right, this, I kind of know. I'm starting to know what I want to do as an adult or who I am or at some point in high school. So before that, because we're about to go into your high school years, before that, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you have anything? An author. An author? author. You wanted to be a writer? So you've always wanted to be a writer. Always. Never, not once. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Then from that perspective, Mm -hmm. what were some of the biggest world events that you remember from the time you were growing up? From being a child? From being a child before high school. 9-11. 9-11. You were there. I, you, I there. mean, you were in New York. I was there. I went home. Nothing was on. I was terrified. I would say that blackout that happened. Remember that, that blackout, blackout that like took out most of the eastern seaboard? No. That was a big one. Uh, the DC sniper. Okay. That was a big one for me. Uh, the 2000 election. I was in DC the day the Supreme Court made the decision. 
to uh, uh, let that nigga Bush win. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Princess Di. Princess Di was a big one. I remember Princess Di a little bit. And you were younger than I was when that happened. Yeah. So what? What when that happened? I just remember my mom being sad. Yeah. I just remember my mom being really sad, and there's people talking about it. And I remember this Princess Di. What year was that? Mid nineties, like ninety six, somewhere like that. Princess died, and another one was JFK Jr. And JFK Jr. sticks out to me because that nigga died in an airplane crash. Yeah. And my uncle came home with the newspaper and was just like, "Yo, can you guys believe that uh, 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 JFK Jr. died? What year was JFK Jr.?" So Princess died was nineteen ninety seven. Okay. So that's when that See, JFK then, Jr. was probably right around that same time as is well. Is it ninety nine or two thousand? It's ninety nine. Ninety nine. Now yeah. this was crazy about uh, JFK Jr. He died, and my uncle came home. I bet my dad's youngest brother, and he's like, this guy died. Can you believe it? He was so young. And then that nigga died. Yeah. Not too long after. Yeah. Kennedy family has had some, has a terrible family legacy. No, I mean my uncle. Oh, your uncle. Oh, okay. JFK Jr. died, and my uncle and who came uncle? home and told my dad about it, he died not too soon after that. Wow. He drowned. His, my uncle and my mom's cousin drowned together trying to save each other in Hudson. That's sad, man. That's sad. So that's like, those are like the big things. Those are the big things, yeah. Yeah. In the world from when I was a kid. All right. Well, we got to know Kid Edgar a little bit. Let's say we start to meet teenage and then adulthood Edgar when we come back from the break. We'll be back. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and evening with Jackie's Neil with my. Special guest, Edgar Montplazier of mm-hmm. the Culture Kings podcast. Mm-hmm. Edgar, we learned a little bit about you growing up. Let's learn about, let's say, your formative years. Because when you, I mean, I know this about you, so I'll just say it. Uh, around the high school time is when you moved from New York City to McAllen, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, what year, how old were you again when that happened? I was 14. You were 14? Freshly so this 14. is 2005. Five. Okay. All right. All right, so 2005, we're in high school now. Uh, the world is changing a lot rapidly. Um, I always, from personally, set the world change to not only 9-11, but when the iPod came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because iPod came out in 2001, and if you really think about it, that little invention changed the world. I mean, it, uh, it, made, it made storage personal. It may storage personal. You know, and, and, like a digital storage, I mean, personal in a way that we can never look back from. We can't. Uh, but not only that. Now we just want more and more and more. The iPod was the introduction to the iPhone, mm-hmm. which is the introduction to the blow up of social media. Again, which that's, is, all, that's all. You just describe it personal digital yeah. storage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's space. It is insane. So that's how I point to like the world changing is mm-hmm. that moment, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So. What were phrases that were popular when you were a teenager? In high school? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey <laughs> uh, from Talladega Nights. Uh-huh. Uh, Dirt was another one from <laughs> okay. uh, Mind of Mencia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm rich, biatch! Mm-hmm. Another one that was very, very popular. Um... I mean, the one that was super popular was that's G word. Uh, that was very, very popular. Yeah, I would always say that one, that was especially very in Texas. Too. 
and also no H word as well was very popular. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What other phrases? Those are mainly those uh, are the ones. Those are the ones. Oh, uh, we would. I mean, one that we would always do in high school, and this is problematic now, but we'd always go, uh, <laughs> "Love is gonna love." Hate. Oh, it's like hate is gonna hate. Love is gonna love. I don't even want none of the above. I'm gonna piss on you. <laughs> yes, I do. I pee on you. I pee on you. We would do that shit all the time to the point where my teachers would kick us out of class because me and my brother we just waited. And I remember one time we got in trouble because. <laughs> uh, uh, so one of the teachers had a brother with Down syndrome who was sitting in the back of the class, uh, just like there because they didn't have anywhere else to. To, to keep them at the time. I went to a very poor school. And we would put that ringtone on people's phones without telling them <laughs> and then call them in class. So then that shit would start. Love is <laughs> hate is gonna hate. Love is gonna love. I don't even want none of the other. I'm gonna. And our teacher would be like, who is that? Who is that? And I remember someone dropped their phone and we tried to like kick it around so our teacher couldn't find it. And that kid sitting in the back with Down syndrome snitched on us. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I know who did it. And I was like, that mother. <laughs> that oh, that little motherfucker. That, that shit made me so mad that he snitched. That's so funny. <laughs> and we tried to call him a liar, and like our teacher got really mad when we tried to call him a liar. He's like, "Why would he lie?" We're like, "I don't know, man. I don't know. You tell me why." He, <laughs> 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 he got really mad, man. We were bad kids. My brother and I were politely asked not to come back to the school that I went to when I first showed up at Texas. Wow. But we were, did you guys go back? No, we went to a boarding school. We went to a boarding that. school after that. Okay. So you bought up ringtones, putting ringtones on people's phones. No, it was a um, very fun prank. It was a very, but that was also uh, that was a big thing in the mid two thousands. I was in I was in college at that point, so even in high school it was really big. But mm-hmm. the ringtone changed because in high school for me it was those, uh, it was, <laughs> it was the um, what's the word I'm looking for. When it would be beat still, but it would be just like from the phone. Yeah. So you know. I believe that are they called polyphonic. Polyphonic. Yes, that's right. That's right. And then around like mid like two thousand five six. Because it would be that frog. What was the name of that frog? I forget. You know a frog I'm talking about, right? Where you text that frog and he was sending like crazy frog. It was like yeah, he you would text him and he would send you the ringtone that you wanted. It was a commercial on MTV. It would be the frog and be like text. Text four four five if you want gasolina and you get that yeah yeah so that was popular and then real tones and then real tones real tones came out and then that's when everyone was just like and I remember I had a real tone I think I told you the story I had a real tone on my phone and I was in the hotel with my parents one time we were at we were in St Louis for some conference and my phone went off and it was lonely. I had nobody to call. My mom was like, why is that joking? (laughs) We need to talk. Yeah, they were very disappointed that that was my ringtone. That's how I felt inside, mom. What inventions do you most remember from your time in high school? Uh, I remember this phone called the Sanyo phone from Sprint. And the reason why I remember it is because the commercial was that it was indestructible. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling my phones, I got my friends, I, I got an indestructible phone. And they tossed my shit all over the gym. They would toss it against lockers. They would kick it. They remembered someone had a baseball bat. We tossed it, and they would slam it. What kind of phone? It was a Sanyo. Sanyo flip phone had a speaker on the front because it was like when everyone was just like, yo, I got a cell phone. It could text, but I'm not interested in it texting. 
it also operates as a walkie-talkie. I have this. <laughs> I had a Nextel, mm-hmm. the Chirp. Yeah, I had the everyone, same thing, and it was definitely indestructible. Everyone was obsessed with those. Yeah. Uh, I also remember the SanDisk MP3 player. It was one of the first, like, 500-megabyte MP3 players, and I remember being like, holy shit, 500 megabytes? I can put on <laughs> 500 megabytes of music? That's which, like seven albums. Yeah, yeah, which is like a hundred songs. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. Jesus Christ, man! Do you know how much shit I can put on my phone now? And yeah. I used to be, tri- I'd be like, Dad, I need the five hundred megabytes, Dad. I yeah. need it. And now our phones have sixty-four gigabytes. Yeah. Somebody uh, said something to me. Uh, this was a couple years ago, but it made me laugh so hard. Where some people were complaining about having eight gigabytes on their phone, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Man." If this was the beginning of the world, you could start civilization with eight gigabytes. <laughs> yeah, you could, bro. Eight gigabytes is a lot of it's information. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of information. Yeah. What else? I mean, I remember when the Xbox 360 dropped and being like, holy shit. I remember the first commercial for Grand Theft Auto 3. Mm. I remember it because it, I was like, what movie is this? Because it was like scenes of people. And I was like, is this like a Godfather remake or something like that? Because mm-hmm. it looks so like you know real. And then now I play it. Like I was playing it the other day and I was like. This game looks boo-boo. Oh, it looks terrible. <laughs> this game looks ass. It, especially compared to the games now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this game is awful. It looks so bad. <laughs> it yeah. looks so shitty. What's another invention I really remember? Um, I remember Blu-ray. I remember when Blu-ray dropped. And it was like $500. And I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we would always beg my parents for is a, which I realized in hindsight was very stupid, but we would always be like, Dad, we really need to get a, a TV, DVD player, uh, video VHS combo. Y'all remember at Costco, they would have those TVs with a DVD player and a VHS player yeah. inside the TV? Yeah. That was one that we were always like, Dad, we got to get that. We got to yeah. get that. That's so And cool. then the digital cable boxes. Yeah. I remember when digital cable boxes dropped because we used to have a little antenna cable in the back of our house that we didn't know was a legal cable for a long time. <laughs> and then Senate, the Senate passed that whole thing where they're like all like... Antennas don't exist anymore. They're all, they're, I mean, they're still there, but they're not functional anymore because Congress forced everyone to digitize. So I remember when that came out and they came to our house and they were like, well, analog d- antennas don't exist anymore. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As opposed to what other kind of antenna? They have digital antennas now. What's a digital antenna? I used to sell them. Uh, it's, that sounds like a ripoff because <laughs> the fact that it's an antenna means that it's analog. Well, no, you plug it into you can plug it still into like HDMI and stuff mm, like that. Okay, but it's still pulling shit from the air. But it, they're not as good as the old analogs used to be. Okay, uh, that sounds like a scam to me. Why not hey? just get the digital shit? <laughs> Why would you get it? That's like if someone's like, "Yo, I got a I got a digital analog clock. <laughs> it's a digital interface, but it's two hands." But it's I mean, two I hands. guess they, that does exist. It, it, it's I'm pretty close. sure someone has that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what time do you have to be home? Um, Where's your curfew? Usually got home around like seven thirty after basketball practice and stuff like that. But if you went out, if what I time? went out, maybe like ten. Okay. Did you ever have a hard curfew? Oh, all the time, all the time. Uh, 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 I remember the one time I really broke it was on a Friday night. I was rolling on ecstasy, mm. and I hung out with a friend, and I just kept. I was like, I don't know how late I'm gonna go, and I think I went till three in the morning. I remember I came home, my friend was dropping me off, and my parents were waiting for me in the street, and I told my friend, 
when I hop out the car, just keep driving. <laughs> and I hop out the car, and my mom tried to stop the car. She tried to chase it to see who it was. My friend was like, Argh! just took off. Yeah. And then they were like, where, where, where have you been? Because that was, that was really late. But then I just knew, like, from then on, I was like, just tell them that you're sleeping at someone's house, and they'll never bother you again. Right, right. So what did you, as a teenager, do for fun? What was like... Man, this is what we do all the time for fun. Binge TV shows and watch illegal movies. So my best friend in high school is this nigga named Dwayne. Well, there's a multiple things, but my nigga, my nigga Dwayne was my best friend in high school. And we would go to his house and his dad, his dad would like be on a computer all day and he would come out the room and he would be like, hey man, I just downloaded this movie. You guys want to watch it? And we'd be like, yeah. And we had, we didn't have no context of what the movie was or anything like that. So we would go to his house and we would watch whole seasons of shows mm-hmm. or watch, like, you know, movies that he downloaded off, like, these weird torrent sites in, like, Europe and stuff like that. So some of them were really bad quality. Like, some of them were, like, definitely a camera in Russia. But <laughs> uh, we would do that. And another thing that we would do is Sonic in Texas. For some reason, the restaurant Sonic in Texas has volleyball courts. And we would go there. We'd play volleyball. We'd play basketball. We would always be trying to hit up libraries because the libraries had community centers, and we'd go in there and play ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Let me play video games. I didn't really start doing drugs until my senior year. Okay. So, which I feel like is relatively average. Yeah. yeah relatively. And uh, music. Music. We would do a lot of music. We'd play a lot of music. Like, we'd, I would go over to someone's house. Someone would be on the piano. Someone would be on the violin. Someone would be on the drums. Whatever. We'd play music. I feel like a pivotal point in a lot of teenagers' lives is when they learn to drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, take us through that time for you as a teenager. I didn't learn to drive until I was 17, 18 years old Okay, because I got in a, a big, big, big trouble when I was 16. Why? Oh, you just, something separate from driving mm-hmm. made your parents say, we're not going to teach you to drive. Yeah. Until, so it was your punishment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but still, what was your, when you did learn, mm-hmm. How to drive? Was it a big deal for you? Or no, you not at all. Care? Because it had already been taken away from me. So gotcha. I was like so upset about it that when I finally got to it, like I was pretty upset. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I was just like my dad basically taught me how to drive because he's like, yeah, you just need to learn now. You just need to learn. It wasn't yeah. like a, a. It wasn't a big because I had that moment had been taken away from me because of how yeah. I got in trouble. What did you do? There's a couple of things. The first thing was me and my cousin faked the drive by. Uh, <laughs> That'll fucking do it, dude. Uh, <laughs> we faked the drive-by one time because my friend had a bunch of fake BB guns. I got into trouble with BB guns in a lot of different ways. So one time in high school, we thought it would be funny to drive by our school with fake BB guns and be like, ah, we're shooting. And so then that happened. I got suspended for a, a basketball game. Uh, I also got pulled over for the police because I had a BB gun in my waistband, and they thought it was a real gun. Mm-hmm. You are lucky to be alive. Story. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then the third thing was, and this one was like really dark, but I had this girlfriend in high school. I won't say her name, but, uh, we would, we, when we broke up, we would talk on Yahoo messenger a lot and we would talk dirty. We would talk wild. Mm-hmm. We'd say a lot of things. And what I did not know was her dad was a very controlling piece of shit and had this app on the computer that would take a screenshot of what was on the computer every single second. Oh my God. And one day. Called my the principal up and told the principal, give me Edgar's phone, give me Edgar's parents' phone number. And he did. Me and my dad walked into this Barnes and Nobles with this man and my ex, and this man dropped down a Game of Thrones entire series size stack of paper. Oh my god! And went through me and this girl's messages to each other. 
in front of my father. And my wow. dad was just like, my nigga, you never going to drive. Wow. Because <laughs> he knew, every, and I'm talking about everything, bro. Like, wild, like, everything. That's a, that's tough. That's yeah. tough to sit there as a kid and go through that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because it was like, just imagine the kind of comfort that you had talking online when you was 15, 16. Yeah. I mean. Now imagine I, your parents reading all of it. Yeah. From this nigga's perspective. Yeah. I mean, I, I we've talked about this before, the story where I was going to go to L.A. and my mom came home and heard me talking on the party line. Mm-hmm. That's essentially how you talk online. Yeah. So for somebody to hear that, oh, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> you're my, in parents, trouble my dad was like, why would I give you a car to go do? Because, like, you know, like I was, like, talking about, like, oh, I'm going to go over there. You know, I'm going to smash and all this stuff. And I didn't know what the fuck I was saying. And I definitely wasn't capable of doing any of the things I was talking about. Yeah. But, you know, my dad heard this white man read all of that shit to him. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. All right. How do you think growing up is different from when you grew up to what it is now? I think there's more there's more of a language to talk about emotional trauma now than there was when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe I'm just looking at white parents, maybe black parents telling about this. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being romantic. But my mom is a lot better at talking about emotional things with my brother than she was about talking with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's like a very big thing that is very, very different is that kids now have a little bit of more of an emotional, like they can say I'm having an anxiety attack or they can say like, you know, I'm feeling low today in a way that like, I mean, obviously that's always been a sentence, but it has a weight to it now in a way that didn't have a weight to it when I was a kid, hmm. especially in high school. That's a good thing. Uh, because, like, you know, I attempted my first suicide attempt was in high school. And the way that my high school dealt with it, my my the, my, the school that I graduated from, because I went to three different schools. But the school that I graduated from, the way that they dealt with it, I'm pretty sure now would get every single teacher fired. Okay. Which was to kind of punish me. Right. Uh, so, like, I think that now kids have more of a, at least I hope so have more of a safe space and more people to talk to that kind of understand that stuff. They have a, they have a more of a space to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, cuz people are talking about it. Yeah. For, like you know, there was no show like uh uh and maybe this show is problematic, but I think it did still like lead to people having conversations about it, but like 13 reasons why. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that that has a conversation about it. The Me Too movement helped not I mean, I'm you know what I'm saying? Like right. that like it forced adults to have honest conversations with children in a way that when I did it, everyone was just like, wouldn't you be ashamed? Wouldn't you? Like, that's how they kept being like, wouldn't you be ashamed? Wouldn't you be ashamed? And I'm like, bro, the shame is why I want to do this shit. Like, yeah. Uh, so I think that that is something that I think is really different. Okay. So you said you wanted to be an author when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. That's translated into you still, you are, you are a writer. Uh, today professionally. That's right. Um, and so I feel like you know, if you had other dreams and goals. So did you have going into college and through college? What were some of your dreams and goals that I'm not necessarily career? Like, what dreams did you have for yourself? Like, where did you say I want to be this type of person when I'm older? I want to have this in my life when I'm older. That's even separate from I want to be this when I'm older. Uh, like where, where, 
What was the question? Where so, like, what life? were some of, like, your dreams and goals uh, that you had that necessarily didn't just have to be career? I mean, I've always wanted a Nissan 350Z. That is my dream car. Really? Yeah. Really? Why that one? I have no clue. Yeah, that's a very a that's a very weird car. Nissan 350Z. Okay. I'll I'll settle for a 370Z. Uh, that <laughs> okay. has always been my dream car when I was a kid. I think there was this dude, Novum, who was just like a really solid dude, really solid basketball dude, mm-hmm. who had one, and I just like really respected him. And I was just like, that's the kind of dude that I want to be. Ooh, look at that in midnight blue. Don't it look beautiful? It's mm-hmm. very nice. It's a nice blue. Yeah, it looked beautiful in that midnight blue. That was one of the goals I had. Uh, I I used to always want to live in a hotel. Live in a hotel. I always wanted to live in a penthouse in a hotel. I'll get you. So not just like live the hotel lifestyle. You want to live like, like a penthouse. Okay. That was always a dream of mine, like like a nice loft apartment. Now mm-hmm. that's what I've upgraded it to. But uh, now that I understand, I'm like, oh, a loft apartment. But yeah, that's always something that I really wanted. Uh, what else? That's kind of it. Like those, like that's not necessarily tied to career, but those are like two big dreams. What goal did you have for? And I know this is a very uh, uh, fluid emotion, but what what goals or dreams did did you have for your own personal happiness? Uh, I mean, I think like being married was one. Probably okay. that's something that I always wanted to do was be married. But I'm gonna be honest with you, man. As a kid, I was just like, I'm never gonna be happy. Okay. So, like, I don't think that was really a goal of mine. Do you think that's changed? You know what was a goal that's kind of wild is my goal was to 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 uh, be dead by 35. As a goal? Yeah, that was a Why? goal of mine when I was a kid. I don't know. I just, like, built it in my head that life gets bad after you're 35. Huh. I wonder, why Why do you think, what, what made you think that, man? Is it, it did it, was it I, a culture? Mm, or? I guess, I just thought, like, I think for me, it was a way of putting pressure on myself to be, like, a kid wonder like that okay. was people i always looked up to was like kid wonders gotcha. and i was like if i'm 35 and i'm not a success i should fucking kill myself okay i think that's kind of where that comes from okay all right you talked about you want to be married mm-hmm. you almost were yeah you were engaged i was uh how and when did you get engaged What year was that? 2014, 2015, I got engaged. Uh, Like, you want to know, like, the story of how I did it? Is sure. that what you're asking? Yeah. Uh, Well, there was when I, when we asked each other, and when I actually did it, when we asked each other was when I went up to Portland, we got into, like, a big fight. And, like, the thing about me is I have a hard time accepting that I am loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's something that I really struggle with. So like, I think that as a way to prove it, she was just like, "You dummy! I want to be with you. I want to be with you." And I was like, "Yeah, you want to be with me? Like, you want to be married? Is that what you want?" She's like, "Yes, I I do." And like, we bought like these really shitty rings at like the street festival, and I was just like, "All right, this is a promise that I will be engaged to you." Uh, when I actually did it, we were at my my childhood home or like the t- home I grew up in Texas. This is kind of cheesy and lame, but we were looking out at, like, my parents have a pretty nice backyard back there with a lake on it and stuff like that. And I was kind of like, you know, I would like to have a home like this one day with you. And she was like, I would like that and stuff like that. And then uh, 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 she sat on my lap 
while I was showing her all that, and she's like, ah, there's something in your pocket that keeps poking me. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, you know, what is it? And she kept sitting down and like, can you fix it? And I was like, I don't know, you fix it. And then she tried to fix it and then pulled out, it was the ring. Mm-hmm. And then that was how I kind of proposed to her like that when I finally got her the ring. Okay. It was a, a horseshoe ring with a bunch of diamonds in it because she is a, oh, she was a, she was a big horse girl. Okay. I mean, that's special. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. like it wasn't like extravagant. Like it wasn't it like this big plan. Yeah, it meant something. Like you said the same thing to me. It meant something to you. That's all that. Yeah, matter. It meant something to both of you guys, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Edgar Montplazier. We are on a evening with Jackie's Neil. We'll be back to ask a few more questions with Edgar right after the break. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. We have Edgar Montplazier. When we left, you talked about how you got engaged. Now, this mm-hmm. engagement was, uh, I don't want to say short-lived, but it did it not It did not go to the... It was. It was short-lived. It was short-lived. It was short, <laughs> but, but engagements can be short-lived and still go to marriage. Uh, your engagement... I don't know if they can. <laughs> I well, disagree with what that statement is. I mean, an engagement, you don't have to be engaged for a long time. Yeah, but short engagement means that shit died, bro. Okay. If, if it turns into marriage, it evolved. It didn't die. Okay. <laughs> All right. So your marriage, your engagement died. Yeah, it died. Uh, it definitely died. Talk about that if, you, if you'd like. <laughs> this nigga didn't even ask a question. No, that, said, I mean, that wasn't. Talk about it. I, like most. Yeah. So the question on my list is. Have you been divorced? And you have not been divorced, but not. you've been the next thing, which is engaged and then not. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? I feel like that, you know, something that a lot of people don't talk I about. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot yeah. of things that happen, but here's what I'll be willing to talk about. Yeah. Is when we talk about first, what you're willing to talk about. When we first, uh, when we graduated from college, right? Because she was like my college sweetheart. And when we graduated from college, you know, she went to uh, 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 Portland to go do her thing. And I went to, you know, uh, uh, L.A. to do my thing. We were each other's only friends. Mm-hmm. So there was a there was a dependency on each other that I think was, like, you know, very, very codependent. And not in a bad way, but it was, like, you know, very strong. And I think that as we kind of got comfortable in each other's respectable cities, that codependency kind of weakened. And what I think kind of happened was... And along with a bunch of other things, but we just were like, holy shit, I'm in this world now. And that language that we had when we were in college together wasn't the same language that we had when, you know, we had been living in our respectable cities for two years. Like, you know, she had a group of friends and a way of doing things and all that. I had a group of friends and a way of doing things and all that. And when it started getting closer and closer to her graduating from law school, I started being like, is she really just going to uproot all of that to move to Los Angeles to be with me? And I just started to develop a lot of doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that that doubt manifested itself into me being like, we should end this because I don't think it's smart for you to uproot all of that and then come here. Now, that's the noble way of me saying that I did that. I definitely didn't execute it in the most respectable way. Uh, that's just me speaking with hindsight 2020. But definitely I felt as if, the relationship sustained itself because we were new people in cities and we had each other as kind of like a, a base normal. Yeah. And of course I love this person, but uh uh that kind of chipped away as we got more comfortable in our respectable cities. 
Like, I would cry every day when I first moved to L.A. and be like, I, I contemplated moving to Portland because I was just like, this would be easier to be with someone than to be here and just feel as alone as I do. Yeah. But I started to feel less and less alone in the city. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a weird question, but... Ask it. Nigga, you done at made me explain to you one of the most <laughs> dramatic things in my life, so go ahead and ask this yeah. weird question. I'm going to ask this weird question. Go <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> like you, you didn't even ask a question. You just said, "Shit, nigga, you had a you had an engagement fail." Speak on that. Speak on that. <laughs> Speak on that. <laughs> go go say some words on that. This is this is an evening with Jackie's. Um, if you you've grown a lot since that point in your life, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like you would probably be comfortable in saying that. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with your current relationships or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, because I often think about this with past girlfriends as well. If at a different point in your life, mm-hmm. do you think that person could be in your life again? Or would would you, could you see yourself being with that person again? Not in like, yeah, I could be with that person again. But, because a lot of times when you go back and look at relationships, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, we shouldn't have been together <laughs> at all. I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that we shouldn't have been together. Like, it wasn't that, mm-hmm. like, kind of energy. Or, I guess, eh, you know what? There was some elements to it that it was that. I think for right now, where I'm at in my life, no. I don't think that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think what's hard for me to say is that I depended on her and asked of her so much because of some negative tendencies in my life mm-hmm. that I don't know what a healthy version of it would look like Gotcha. because I was so unhealthy in it. And that's not her fault. I want to be very clear that I am not blaming her at all. I recognize it in myself. These are the things that I'm still working on. Mm-hmm. These are traps that I still fall into at times. But I was asking of her uh, an unhealthy level of holding me up that she didn't have to do. Gotcha. That I don't know if later on, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what the healthy version of it would look like because of how unhealthy I was at the time. I got you. I got you. Let's change topics. Yeah, nigga, let's. <laughs> let's, let's Jaquise. Topics. Let's change topics. I'm just fucking wrong. Uh, talk about this forever. You had, not you had, but you've had a job. You've had an actual job. Uh that is yes, a regular had, nine I've to had five. Multiple actual jobs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but let's go back to your first job, which mm-hmm. was. Do you remember what your first job was? I mean, paying. Yes. Uh, I was the. Uh, uh, I worked media services at my college, which okay. meant I was the AV person. Okay. Um, what was your what was your what was the job outside of a school job? My first job when I was out here that was nine to five. Mm-hmm. I was an intern at BuzzFeed. Okay. How would you say those jobs before that? Got you. How would you say those jobs evolved your work ethic to what it is to any job or career move that you find yourself in today? Well, the first thing is that BuzzFeed taught me that the most important thing about me is my voice, Uh, and it didn't teach me that in a positive way. I'll be very fucking honest about that. Uh, I think that at the time at BuzzFeed. You know, I went to all these seminars in the beginning. They do all these, and they, they don't have the internship program anymore, but anyone mm-hmm. will tell you they do all these seminars. So it's like, the most important thing is you. 
you're the story and all this shit. And I would go in there and believe in that. And I would do work that was me and I would have it turned down and I would have it shit on and I would have it try to be turned into this thing that could hit as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And that really fucked me up because I'm a very idiosyncratic person. Uh, I am very uh, myself uh, in a way that can be alienating to some people. And I think that working at a place like BuzzFeed didn't necessarily encourage that because there wasn't really a space for me to be that in a way that like I could be on a podcast or something like that. So the most important thing I walked away from BuzzFeed was just like the most valuable thing about me is my voice. And if I ever take a job just to mute that for the sake of a job, then I'm not being 100% myself. Mm. So that was probably the biggest lesson I got from there. Okay. You're mid-20s. Getting to your, your late I'm in 20s. my late 20s. You're in your late 20s now. Um, I am. We established that a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I'm old. So what are your dreams of a future, dreams, of a go- dreams and goals of a future you now we're talking 30s we talking 40s we talking talk, 50s let's talk let's talk 30s 40s it doesn't matter where where do you want to how you said like in high school you you saw this for yourself let's just say from here on to when you can sit down and say when you can have the thanos sit down and look out at the sunset well i know what my thanos sit down looks like all right what does your thanos sit down my look thanos like? sit down is a winery in napa okay that's my thanos sit down is Away from people, uh-huh. me by myself, a nice plot of land that I can work myself. Obviously, I have some people help me. I'm gonna be old, mm-hmm. but I have a ni- I, I have a nice glass of my own wine. Okay, at the end, and just say I did this shit. Okay. That's my Thanos end. And and if once you get there, what do you hope to be most proud of? My relationship with myself. Okay. Uh, I I wanna I wanna I wanna finally be proud of my own accomplishments. I'm not proud of a single accomplishment I have. Uh, you may see me talk on the internet that I'm proud, but I'm not proud because I'm afraid that if I'm ever proud, I'll lose it. Gotcha. Uh, I watched this Kevin Durant documentary. Uh, I watch it a lot actually. I watch it. I'm probably watch it when I get home. Uh, <laughs> but it, it it talks about how someone uh told Kevin Durant that. You could be talented, and you could be hardworking, and understand that hard work beats talent every time. Uh, and he took that to heart. But the thing is, is that no one told Kevin Durant that he was talented. So the thing is, Kevin Durant. What they're trying to say is, is that Kevin Durant is working so hard because he believes that he's not talented, and that's why he's working so hard. But it's crazy because he's also talented. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not trying to say that I'm talented, but I do believe that I'm not. Uh, and so I'm constantly working hard to be proving myself. And at times I can do it too much. And I kind of like, I mean, I think Carl has it a little bit too, where you kind of trick yourself into believing that you're underappreciated to make yourself work hard. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm constantly, constantly doing. So my hope is that when I'm at that Thanos moment, I can look back at everything I did and look at it pleased. Okay. I like that. I hope you get there. Um, I think you are. I mean, personally, I can't speak for how you feel personally, but. I'm nowhere close to Keith. So I think to uh, speak on my name. <laughs> I think as far as accomplishments, uh, when you are able gonna when you are able to look back on them and say, I'm happy with what I've also done in that aspect. I think mm-hmm. you're getting there. Um all right. For the next ten or fifteen minutes until the end of the episode, we're gonna do this a little rapid pace. <clears throat> I mean, you can feel free to expand on any question that you want, but I will ask them. 
in a rapid succession based off of your answers. First one, do you know the meaning of your family name? Means my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, are there any stories about the origins of your family name that you know of? No, I just know that it's misspelled. <laughs> What's the way it's supposed to be spelled? I think it's supposed to be M-O-N-T. M-O-N-T, plaisir? Mm-hmm. Okay, Montplaisir. No, you wouldn't pronounce the T, it's French. Montplaisir. Yeah. Montplaisir, okay. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had any nicknames as a child or as an adult? Yeah, Binky mm-hmm. was my nickname in middle school. Uh, I've never had a nickname ever since. Anytime someone says, I'm going to start calling you Ed, they never follow through. <laughs> I guess E, something, in, 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 when I was young, my cousins would call me E. Yeah, yeah. How are you like your mother? Uh, I'm a perfectionist to a fault. How are you unlike your mother? I have love in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> How are you like your father? Uh, I love others more than I love myself. Okay. How are you unlike them? Uh, I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my dreams. Okay. Do you feel like you're like any of your grandparents? Uh, and in what ways if you are? Uh, no, nah, I don't. I don't think I'm like my grandparents. Okay. I don't know them that well. The language barrier was always a thing. Okay. Well, uh, would they speak Haitian or French? They speak French. French, okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, they also speak Creole. But, yeah, they speak French. Okay. What are your three best qualities? What do you think your three best qualities are? Uh, I'm creative. Uh, I am empathetic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 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 you know, I'm pretty decent under pressure. Okay. What about your three worst? I hold a grudge. I uh I'm s i am can be slow to recover. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm harder on myself than anyone else. Okay. What do you mean you can be slow to recover? I take my time after losses, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll okay. take my time. Okay. Which do you think you have the most of? Talent, intelligence, education, education, or persistence? I'd say intelligence, personally. Intelligence? All right. How has it helped you in your life? Uh, I've kind of cheated my way out of some things. I've scammed my ways out of some things. I think, like, you know, if you can present something a certain way, people will accept it. And that's something I've kind of always known. Okay. Do you have any special sayings or expressions? Yeah, Oingo Boingo. Mm-hmm. Which means for you? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, the special sayings. Uh, um, I mean, I always say I'm alive, can't complain. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, well, I, I one time I, I, I told myself that my name that is an acronym, and it means excuses don't get any results. <laughs> oh, and then, of course, power moves on. <laughs> excuses don't get... Hey, Edgar, you mean excuses don't get, pop, what was it again? Excuses don't get any results. Any results? What right. is it? I, it came uh, because Drake said, Drake just means do right and kill everything. And I was like, oh, I like that. I need one for myself. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, what's your favorite book? Uh, Walden. Why? It's about a man who has a plot of land and works for himself. <laughs> okay. All right. What's your favorite movie and why? Uh, Children of Men and or Apocalypse Now, uh, because even though they're about the end of the world, they're truly about self-discovery. Okay. Who are three people in history you admire the most? 
James Baldwin, uh, Malcolm X, um, you know what? This is a weird choice, but it came into my mind, and I think it's true. Lyndon B. Johnson. Interesting. Why? Because he kind of had the foresight to be like, I don't agree with this. I, he, he is the example to me of that the only way to change a lot of the things that we're going through is exposure. Hmm. And when he talked about why he picked the civil rights movement, uh, like why he was down for that act and why that he made that his thing. He talked a lot about his time when he was a young man. He taught in a school in Kolkata, Texas, where a lot of the kids were brown. Mm-hmm. They were uh, Latinx. And it was the first time when he was just like, damn, these kids are just like me. They work really hard. They have all these things. They're no different than me. And he saw that the only thing that made them different was their lack of resources. And now, that's not to say that this nigga wasn't a racist piece of shit. He mm-hmm. still was very much so a racist, misogynistic piece of shit. But that one experience led him to be a little bit more open to this century-defining act. Yep. And that, to me, always sticks with me of like how exposure. So maybe, to me, the people in history are those kids in Calcutta. But um, it just it, it redefines to me that like this arguing, this bickering, like, they, those are powerful things. But exposure. People cannot care to something they do not understand. And I know I'm not I'm not vindicating it, I'm not validating it, but exposure, bro, is is the thing that's gonna change the world. Okay. I like that. If you could travel into the future, mm-hmm. would you rather see something that specifically relates to you mm-hmm. or something that relates to the future of the country in general? Uh to me. Why? Because uh, I I don't think I'm powerful enough to change anything about the goddamn country. I would just know. I'd be like, damn, we into some shit. Gotcha. gotcha. Some <laughs> shit is coming. I mean, I can't do nothing. Yeah. My life, I could probably change that. But if I like saw like, oh, this is what he about to do, and I try to tell people, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Like, All right. <laughs> I, and then I, because I'm that kind of person where if I try to tell you something you don't believe me, I'll sit there and wait for you to find out. Okay. So I'll be there like, I told you I think it was going to do this shit. Y'all didn't believe me. Yeah. <laughs> If you could have your Aladdin's genie wish, or Aladdin, uh, the genie lamp, I should say, from Aladdin, what would your three wishes be? My first wish would be uh, 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 to be in a writer's room again. Uh, my second wish would be a Nissan 350Z. And my third wish would be an apartment I didn't have to pay rent on. Okay. A, lo- a loft apartment I didn't have to pay rent on. Okay. So what if you want a million dollars tomorrow? What would you do with it? I would produce a movie. Great. And pay off my brother, my mom, and I student loans. Fantastic. What's the best compliment you've ever received? That I was quick. That you were Someone quick? Someone saw a show I did with Arcade. Okay. And they were just like, man, you was so quick up there. I gotcha. Like, I like that. I got you. And by quick, for those who because I know what you're speaking of as far as comedy, but you mean quick-witted. Mm-hmm. Got you. Um, what kind of things bring bring you pleasure? Also, there was another one that where uh, 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 that I also just remembered. It was, I was at the Sundance Lab. We, like, s- simulated a writer's room, and this guy was just like, you belong in the writer's room. Like, that's where you belong. That's the way you are. And I was like, hell yeah, nigga. Right. You fucking right now. Hire me, bitch. Hire me, motherfucker. <laughs> he did not. Uh, I called that's because you called him a bitch. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> what kind of things bring you the most pleasure now? Very sad, peaceful music. Touching on his butt. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? And this is that, that second one was a joke, but the third one is watching on a crush on stage brings me a lot of pleasure. Watching anyone that I really fuck with crush on stage, like something that I always kind of sit down and picture is that I'll have a daughter who can sing beautifully, and I'll be like that dad who like is like grabbing people, being like, "Damn, you see what she doing? You see, that's my girl. like." I'll be that dude because it brings me pleasure to see people that I fuck with succeed. Like a, a, a very very fun memory of mine is the first time I ever saw Janine battle rap. And like I was like I was pushing people. I was like, y'all see her? She killing it. Y'all see that's my that's my girl right there. That's my homie Janine right there. She's killing it. I love being in that space. Cool. What things frighten you now? Uh, dying. Okay. Uh, uh, my past catching up to me, uh, and uh, 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 not being able to support people that I love. Gotcha. What's the one thing you've always wanted but you still don't have? Besides a Nissan. <laughs> okay, that's because I was going to say that, Nissan. I don't have <laughs> you know what? A sleeve. Tattoo. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think has stayed the same about you throughout life? I'm ugly. <laughs> Y'all laugh, but I think it stayed the same that okay. I perceive myself as ugly. That has not changed one bit. What do you think has changed? Uh, 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 that I that I do think I could achieve happiness. Okay, let's come to the present right now. Um, what do you do for fun? I smoke weed and I play Spider Man. Who do you trust and depend on? Janine and Anna. Okay, and I mean, I guess I should say a tight circle of friends. Okay, but a very small circle. Okay, but Janine and Anna are pretty high on that list, and Alejandro, of course. Gotcha. Is the present is the present better or worse than when you were younger? The present is much better. And what's a typical day for you look like? Uh, I'll get up and on his bed, and I leave before she wakes up because it makes her anxious if I'm still there when she wakes up. Uh, I go into uh, my room and I play video games, and then I write a little bit. I, I, I like play. If I like like if I'm playing like Spider Man and I die, I write, I write, I write. Then I go, I play. If I die, I write, I write, I write. Then I'll like. My day doesn't usually start like outside of my room until like two or three. I'll like go, maybe I'll have a podcast or coaching or something like that. Then night is just show, 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 shows. And then mm-hmm. I go back to honest, we cuddle up. We watch TV until we fall asleep. Okay. I always fall asleep first. That's okay. You can. Let's go to the future. Let's go to an age. If you live. Mm-hmm. Another 20 to 30 years, what will you do? What will I do? Yeah. Nigga, be alive. What kind of question is that? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, what will I do? But what do you, so 30 years from now, you're 57? I hope I'm retired. I hope I'm not working anymore. Got you. Do you, what do you look forward to? What do you look forward to? You know what? This is going to sound selfish, but it's true. A documentary about me. Okay. That's not selfish. I want, like, I've always, like, I don't want fandom. I want respect. Gotcha. I feel that. What age do you not look forward to? 35. 35? 
Is it because of the whole thing mm-hmm. earlier? I think it will affect my like in the same way that twenty seven. I've done nothing but think about me dying. I think thirty five will be another one like that. Okay. I had a dope plan to die too. <laughs> Which was uh, me and my friends for my thirty fifth birthday were supposed to take over a small island in the Philippines and see how long we could hold it until the U.S. government came to kill us all. <laughs> Three more questions left. Three more questions left for you. Number one, how do you define a good life or or successful life? One that you can uh, uh, accept that you made the best decisions with the best information that you had. Okay. That's great. What do you see as your place or purpose in life, and how did you come to that conclusion? Uh, my place and my purpose in life is to be the person uh, that my younger self didn't have. Uh, my younger self did not have someone that looked like me, that talked like me, that told that person it is okay to be the way that you are. And I came to that conclusion when I realized that I do have the opportunity and skills to be that person. Okay. I lied. Two more questions, but here's one. If you were writing the story of your life right now, mm-hmm. I know it's only 27 years of it, mm-hmm. how would you divide the chapters? Uh, I mean, easy. Uh, I would divide it by state. New okay. York, Texas, California. Okay. You feel like those those different times in your life were the turning points for Yeah, so maybe it would be like parts, and then there would be many chapters within those parts, but it would be New York, Texas, gotcha. California. Last question. If you could write a message to, let's say you have children, mm-hmm. they have grandchildren. If you could write a message to each of your children and grandchildren and put it in a time capsule for them to read 60 years from now, what would you write? You are the best version of yourself right now. And the fact and what makes human life amazing is that you can only get better. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Edgar Montplazier, Edgar Norman Montplazier. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Edgar. Thank you, Jaquise. I'm, I'm very glad to have spent an evening with you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this was the first and the last episode <laughs> of An Evening with Jaquise. I hope you enjoyed it. Tune back next time for when me and Edgar are back as the host of Culture Kings. But until then, this has been Jackie's Neil. You can find me if you can Google my name. Good night.